Breaking news on Bubble uh, You do have a breaking news. Yeah, I don't have a weird habit, but I do have a weird breaking news. A weird. So you guys know how we start the show is I uh, give you I forget fake news or real oh, news, that's right. yeah, where that's right. I give you a headline and you have to determine whether or not you think it's fake news or weird weird uh, weird news, fake news or <laughs> fake real news. news. That's a good one too. We can do that eventually. <laughs> that news is a weird but, uh, enough. As always, I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark. Hey, and this up? is the Bible Dingers, and we're excited that you're listening. And today's episode, we're talking about. Leviticus and Numbers, but before we do that, I have a fake news or real news. You guys ready for this? I am so ready. Are you guys ready for this? Uh, yeah. And Nick, you hit me with it. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that soundbite. <laughs> so this is going to lead to another discussion that I think is really important, as always. Really You important. know, the important discussions that about. we always have. Mm. Um, but zombie deer <laughs> disease. Could spread to humans, expert Warren. Zombie deer disease. Zombie deer could disease spread could spread to humans, experts warn. So the idea is that deer are dying and coming back to life as zombies. And that we Dude, could also die and come back to life you're as You're elaborating zombies. on a headline that That's I haven't you given you details yet. So That's how is it works. the headline real <laughs> or fake? It's stupid enough that it's real. I think it's real too, yeah. I, I totally agree. You think it's agree. real? Because otherwise yeah. it would be too easy. Yeah, I agree. All right. I got to tell you guys, I haven't stumped you in a while. <laughs> yeah, it is real. So, zombie deers. Zombie deer disease is deer. spreading across the globe. <laughs> Known more formally as <laughs> chronic wasting disease, CWD. The infection eats away at the brains of deer, elk, and moose. It causes the animals to show signs of dementia, manifesting as difficulty walking. Wait, (laughs) manifesting. How do you you prove that a deer has dementia? Hold on. Manifesting as difficulty walking and eating (laughs) before they ultimately die. And experts are now warning that the disease could make the jump from animals to humans. Eat my brain. Ooh. <laughs> a human <laughs> gonna We're, eat my brain. <laughs> you think you think they'll be gliding as they walk down the street? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, Hit me with that glove so people know what I'm talking about. So, so you're telling me that there's a disease that's new that is called the zombie deer disease. <laughs> dun, dun, okay, wait. Dun. What what <laughs> website is this from? <laughs> that's such crap, dude. No, it's everywhere. What? Google it. Google it. Google it's it. everywhere. Zombie it's called zombie deer. deer disease. And now they're saying that the deer meat is supposedly safe to eat. Some people say it's not safe to eat. It's not about the news. It's about the headline. And the headline, I thought, could possibly be fake. But if people want to know about it, they can Google it. Mm. Um, zombie deer. It's, it's, come on. Zombie it's deer it's sick deer. You oh. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a new sickness for deer. Mm. Or maybe a new discovered sickness that deer has always had. You know oh what I mean? deer. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> but nice. So this this headline kind of gave me something new to talk about here this morning. Zombie deer disease definitely sounds like a fake disease. What other diseases are out there 
that definitely sound fake. So I was there doing my research, and some of these are hysterical. There's something called werewolf syndrome. <laughs> There's something called... We don't think it's hysterical if you have these. If you have, where <laughs> no, no, it's a serious yes, thing. Yes, yes, it's should go very see a serious. Wait. Go see a doctor <laughs> or your local ER. You guys but we're laughing um, with you. We're laughing with you. <laughs> you no, no, we're Jim laughing Gaffigan? at the we're yes. laughing at the people that made these names. Right. Why would you say, you know what? This would be a good name, <laughs> Werewolf Syndrome. Let's call it that, or let's call it Sleeping Beauty Syndrome. Oh, I've heard of that. Mm. Or That's uh, where you can't get up, or whatever. Like who named Mad Cow Disease? Like who mm. who named that? You know what I mean? Um, alien hand syndrome. Alien well, hand. Alien hand. Named by some farmer. Alien uh, hand syndrome. It could be. He was super mad. <laughs> His cow had a disease. Oh, mad cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like, dang it, mad cow disease. <laughs> 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 Look at this. Stone man's disease. Stone, Stone man's. Man. That sounds like me in high school. Imposter. <laughs> <laughs> Stone. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Look at this. <laughs> Imposter syndrome or walking corpse syndrome. Ooh, that sounds interesting. I, I have details on these, but I won't waste my time yeah, getting yeah. into them. But flesh eating bacteria. That's not Alice in Wonderland syndrome. What is that? These are real deal. This like a severe. Dementia? This syndrome is often associated with people who have migraine headaches and epilepsy. That's it's Alice called in Alice in Wonderland syndrome. These are real deal syndromes. No way. If you want to know more about them, Google them. But I have a question for you guys. Okay. If you had to make up your own sickness with some really wacky name, maybe a disease or sickness that no one would ever want sickness. or something just to be funny, what would it be? Mm. Sick, sickness? sickness? Sickness. How about, how about uh, peptomania? Peptomania. Oof. What is it? What is that? It's like kleptomania. Except you drink a Pepto-Bismol <laughs> all day? <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> That's definitely better than Alice Instead in Wonderland. Instead of going to stores and stealing stuff, you go to people's houses. And drink their Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pepto-mania. <laughs> nice. How about... <laughs> okay. Angry <laughs> pig disease. Oh. Angry pig. Instead Angry. Of, instead of mad cow. Pig disease. <laughs> Pig disease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry. How about shark incense? Come on. Shark incense? Yeah, instead of, you know, Parkinson's makes you like. Oh. <laughs> makes I, I heard frankincense. <laughs> yeah, you shark sh makes your you muscles shark. make you shake and stuff. Yeah, shark incense, your muscles like make you go <laughs> swim <laughs> and eat, <laughs> eat stuff. <laughs> I thought that was a poo joke, bro. No, oh no, no, you were no, going the other no. way. <laughs> well, I hope you guys had a good laugh out of that. Let's jam up. Raise that volume on this. New few. Get All right, all right. So we're talking about Leviticus and Numbers today. My two favorite books of the Bible. Are uh, they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love Leviticus and Numbers. You read Leviticus it to your, your starts kids with love. Leviticus. Leviticus. Yeah. So Ooh. we're talking about Leviticus and Numbers today. Um, they're important parts of the Bible, just like every book of the Bible. Um, we talked about reasons to study books like this in the Intro to Old Testament episode. 
So go back and listen to that if you feel like listening to this podcast episode is going to be a waste of time because it's not. It's important. We're going to learn about God and his attributes today. Um, And so we're going to start with Leviticus first and go over some of the context and the content of Leviticus. And then after that, we're going to follow up with numbers. Yeah, Nick. Sure. Start us out with Leviticus. So you know what what I, I find very interesting about this book? It's probably the most overlooked book in the Bible. Probably. Uh, I've never gone to a church where we're doing a two-year series on Leviticus. <laughs> it's just, it's not happening. They usually do Genesis or, or you know, they spend a ton of time on, on New Testament stuff. Epistles. Oh, yeah, definitely. Romans. You know what I mean? And there's definitely enough content to cover for two years in, in those books. But never, very rarely, do they ever study the book of Leviticus. And I think it's important. Um, I definitely think it's important and it's funny how times have changed because back then Jewish children only learned Leviticus or it was one of the books that they concentrated on the most. It was the first book, I think. Yeah. They had to study the whole Testament, but Leviticus was like the first book that they had to know and get down. Yeah. They definitely, they needed to learn it first and Christians today typically learn it last crazy so it's kind of crazy how times have changed but in in terms of studying it i mean since they learned it back then we definitely should touch on it today um and leviticus is also referred to around 40 times in the new testament so if it wasn't relevant like oh people say it's old covenant new covenant if it wasn't relevant the new testament wouldn't reference it at all so it's definitely worth looking back and studying how is that like in hebrews you know the new system is better than the old system well, that sure. They, I, I mean, mean, that's, that's one. Place. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of yeah. sort of it's all referencing back to Leviticus. Yeah, um, but they they definitely reference it all throughout the New Testament, and uh, that's kind of sort of referencing it to the Levitical law as well. Um, besides the typological sacrifices, and that's a sacrifice that gives us a picture of Christ's work on the cross. We see a lot about God's character in Leviticus as, as well. That's another reason why we should be studying. There's it. that alarm, baby. Dang, bro. <laughs> seven o'clock. <laughs> it's, it's seven a.m. Are you guys awake? Are you? You know where your children are? Uh, no. 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 So we see a lot of God's character <laughs> in Leviticus, and we specifically learn a lot about His holiness. Mm. Um, but not only about his holiness, not only about like these are the set of laws that you have to obey, that you have to do, but you also learn a lot about God's love and grace. And we're going to we're going to expound on that a little bit more later. Yeah. When we talk about like the sacrifices and stuff, you know, it does seem kind of like stringent and stuff like that. But it's also showing God's love and grace, yeah. I feel like, because it's like, OK, he wants you to be in right relationship with you. Yeah. That's why he's instituting these laws you know? exactly i mean and we'll get into that a little bit later uh, also because we're going to do a, uh like we always do just in case this is your first episode of listening to bible dingers um we want you to know that we do a brief overview of we're walking through the entire bible and we give you a brief overview of the whole book so we hope you're actually reading your bible as you're listening to our episode because we're walking you through key points but it's important that you read it yourself also but before we dive into the content, there's also some basic questions that we have about Leviticus, right? Like, who wrote it? Um, we discuss in other episodes that um, the Pentateuch was written by Moses or JEDP. Um, I won't bother getting into details about what JEDP is today because we touched on it 
probably one or two other episodes. So please listen back at other episodes that we have. But these are the two beliefs on this book, JEDP or Moses. Um, but the concluding verse of Leviticus says that these are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. Yeah, so Leviticus itself says that. That Moses wrote it, yeah, pretty right. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like we like we said before, we do believe in the conservative approach that Moses wrote the Pentateuch. Uh, I don't buy it. You yeah. don't buy it? You don't buy what the Bible says? Yeah. Um, are, but you, if, are you smelling what The Rock is cooking, though? Oof. The Rock? Yeah. Are you doing? The Rock. Wait, The Rock? You know who The Rock is, right? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yeah, wh- what does if that have? If you don't, then you are No, yeah, what does that have jabroni? to do with this? I don't know. Just oh, like you know, in because God is the rock. In context, it's always appropriate to say, "Do you smell what the rock is cooking?" I've never heard that phrase. You jabroni, do the eyebrows? Huh? Oh, for those of you that don't know, I'm doing the people's eyebrow right now. Ooh, and he's about to get the people's elbow by Mark. Ooh, he's not playing around. You're not a wrestling fan? No, Bible dingers. I'm I'm really not either. But just from like popular culture, I know what the people's elbow is. I've heard the word jabroni before. Dingers, I'm a I've huge wrestling fan, just so you guys know. I've heard jabroni, but I don't know what it means. I don't either. It okay. sounds delicious, though. <laughs> it sounds like the My Little Pony uh, fan club. Yeah, that's what oh, I think of jabronis. when I hear jabroni. Yeah. But those are just bronies, I think. <laughs> Shrambolis? Well, no, that's not what? a joke. That's not a joke. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, tuntus, so Leviticus. It's too early to get to Tuntus. <laughs> anyway, so we know who wrote it. Well, the conservative view is that Moses wrote it. Aaron. You can also believe that JDP wrote it, but um, Moses wrote it. But um, we can also find out about the date it was written. It was written right around um, when Exodus was written, likely when the Jewish people were encamped around Sinai. Um, the exodus likely happened around 1445. Then, about a year later, the Jewish people received the law and regulations from the tabernacle and put the tabernacle together. Um, just like we knew before that Leviticus was a, I mean, that Exodus was a continuation of Genesis, the same, the same idea applies here. Uh, Leviticus is a continuation of Exodus. Um, exodus ends with the erection of the tabernacle and Leviticus begins with the regulations for the priesthood that will be maintaining in the tabernacle. So you really can't have the tabernacle by itself without the rules and regulations and you can't have the rules and regulations without the tabernacle. So they coincide with each other. Are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Leviticus is a continuation of Exodus. And just like the other books of the Pentateuch, the title of Leviticus in the original Hebrew um is not Leviticus, it's and he called. And the tradition I'm talking about is that every book in the Pentateuch, the title in the original Hebrew is just the first few words of that book. Hmm. Leviticus came from the translators of the Septuagint. Um, if you don't know what the Septuagint is, we've hit on it a couple times. Is that the first Greek translation, right? Yes, it's a very old manuscript of the Old Testament in Greek that predates, you know, Jesus. It predates a lot of stuff. It was like 300 B.C. or so uh, that the Septuagint is dated to. So the Septuagint used the word ludicon or luidicon. I don't speak Greek, unfortunately. I do know how to say gyra, though. Um, Euro. Euro. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know how to say gyro. <laughs> Is that really how you say it? I thought so. I thought that was the money. Yeah. Yes. Oh. 
it's bold. so people so, are paying for stuff with gyros over there, <laughs> and they're they're eating it too. <laughs> Europe's that's, a cool that's place. A good way, you know? Yeah, that's a good way. So, uh, yeah the the Greek word was ludicon, which means matters of the Levites. Um, and Leviticus lays out a lot of priestly regulations that the Levites had to follow. And if you don't know who the Levites are, it is a uh, a tribe of Israel that descends from who? You guessed it. Uh, uh, Levi. Uh, <laughs> Close, um, close and mark. they were kind of the the pastors, you could say, or the church staff, you could say, of that time. They well, um, in Exodus, uh, God set them apart right. as like this special group of Israel. Right. Yeah. So they were the priests, um, and they took care of everything having to do with the tabernacle. They're the ones who carried around the Ark of the Covenant. They're the ones who were like specified clergy. Oh, and they were also the ones who were in charge of. Uh, Killing all the dissenters. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so they had a cool job. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the Levites. So the purpose, I think the purpose behind Leviticus, and, you know, this could, it could be a lot of things depending on, you know, what part you want to pull out of it or, or whatever. But I pulled the purpose from a book called Explore the Book mm. by Sidlow Baxter, which is a great book. It's not like a straight up commentary. It's just kind of like a, chapter book almost about the Bible. Um, But Sidlow Baxter said that Leviticus was written to show Israel how to live as a holy nation in fellowship with God and thus to prepare the nation for the high service of mediating the redemption of God to all the nations. So it's kind of like God preparing Israel to be that light on the hill or whatever, to Mm. be the, the salt of the earth. God's preparing them to be representatives of God to the rest of the world. And so people might ask, why did he choose such weird stuff like animal sacrifices? But isn't it, it's also like it, uh, at that time, that was a common thing to do with these pagan gods. Right. And um, well, yeah, that was a way to set Israel apart. Right, exactly. Mm. And th- and we're going to get into Good point. some more things in Leviticus that set uh, Israel apart. Uh, and there is some controversy over like some of the, the cleaning rituals and stuff like that that were laid out in Leviticus but we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Mm. But yeah, overall Leviticus is like a book of of holiness basically. And I think the key verse is chapter 19 verse 2 that says be holy because I the Lord your God are holy. Um plural. Oh, uh, yeah, it I, is. I the Lord God are holy. Yeah, I think I misspelled that or mis well mistyped it. Oh, or well, it could it be might. Trinity. Yeah, yeah. Like it's in Genesis, you know what? I you need what? to let's uh let's look it up real quick. Uh, just to make sure. Let's well, while you're doing that, you know, since since this is really like Israel focused and Levite focused, you might be kind of thinking like, what do I have to do with any of this? Because it's 2019, and I'm going to a non-denominational church, and I'm wearing skinny jeans. So, what does this have to do with me? Um, you know, I was just thinking that. Yeah. So we kind of like learn about the holiness of God in this book and how it relates to our sin. Um, God didn't allow impurity in his presence at all. So you can kind of, you can kind of relate to it in this way. Um, seeing your sin for what it really is and seeing God for who he really is. And then you can kind of see the importance of Jesus because Jesus lived a life that you couldn't live. And Jesus was that ultimate sacrifice 
Um, and there is a lot of sacrifices in Leviticus that point to Jesus and will kind of give you reasoning behind why Jesus came to the earth, mm. why he had to be the sacrifice and why we couldn't just sacrifice a bull or something like that. So there's a, there's a lot of really good content in Leviticus that we can apply to our modern day life. How you doing? Bible diggers. Actually, um, I heard a good analogy about God's holiness because uh, there's that part in Leviticus where the priests who are um, impure die yes. just from going in the tabernacle. I can't wait to get into that. And I heard an analogy that said, uh, you know, how, if God's so good, why did he kill these priests who were trying to go go near him? And someone said, uh, God's holiness, you can think of it like the sun, which is just this big burning ball of energy that's, you know, it's obviously good for us. It's good for the earth. But when you get too close, you just burn up. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's good, but it's this, this, you know, it still can be dangerous to those who are, you know, so much smaller in yeah. comparison. I think That's it's cool kind analogy. of funny. I think the, the answer to if God is so good, why did he not allow them into his presence? It's because God is, it is so good. good. It kind of yeah, yeah. explains itself. Just so you guys know, we do believe in eternity, but that is a mistype. It's oh, okay, I, I thought Lord, so. your God, yeah. am holy. I do. I am errant. Ryan is errant. But there is there's a ton of scriptural evidence behind the, the trinity, just in case you guys are wondering. But oh, yeah. in this case, it definitely was. I'm mistyped. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's dive into Leviticus. Sure, let's get concept. through an outline. Like I said, I really want you guys, dingers, to open up your Bibles as we're reading. I mean, as we're talking about Leviticus. We want you to um, read your Bibles. Yeah, and you can go back and reference this episode several times or whatever, and that's how it's going to be with all our episodes. Yeah, the, the best thing to do, honestly, um, this is not just a plug. This is just what I do personally download it from spotify mm. so you can have it on your phone if you're traveling to work or on the apple train Podcasts. or apple Podcasts, or you know you can download it you don't have to listen and and waste your data you can actually download it like i do with other other things and you can listen to it on the subway you can listen to it wherever you are how you doing how you doing that was a plug but it wasn't a plug because it's honestly what i do so how you doing <laughs> um anyway let's get into the outline so we we open up leviticus with sacrificial laws um, and those are laws for regular Jewish people. So let's walk through those laws together. So then we have some, we have burnt offerings. There's major sections. There's like sacrificial law, which is chapter one through chapter seven, verse 38. Uh, then there's like the introduction to the priesthood yeah. from chapter eight to chapter 10. Um, then there's like the, the rituals for uncleanness um and that's from like chapter 11 to 16 and then lastly there's like practical holiness laws so mm -hmm. everyday living kind of laws um and that's from chapter 17 to chapter 27 but right now we're going to jump yeah, into gonna, the first section we're going to give you a little bit more detail as to what laws for regular jewish people look like mm -hmm. so we're, we're just going to open up with burnt offerings what exactly does that mean um, that's under sacrificial law. So the killing and burning of an animal in order to atone for sins. First of three voluntary offerings and a sign of seeking redemption. To atone for sins. What is atonement? Ooh. So they wanted to make things right before God. Solid definition. They, they, when they, once they sinned, they had to do something. So um, atonement is the price of sin? Sure. Atonement is like the redemption redemption is another word i guess it's like the uh the reconciliation yeah. of your relationship sure. with god 
So you're fixing things, basically. Absolutely. How to make sin right? or um, Yes. Ha- yeah. Boomsies. Yeah. How yeah. to make things right before God. I How think, you doing? I think boomsies. The simplest way I'm, to put I'm getting it a sure. boomsies. So. You, you know what you're getting? <laughs> you're getting a ding moment right now. Ooh, wow. Dingsies. Um, so, yeah. So, we have the burnt offerings that, um, like I said, they, they were killing and burning animal in order to atone for their sins. Atonement is making right making things right before God. And it was voluntary. Burnt offerings are voluntary. Uh-huh. You don't have to do it. Yeah. And now in the next one, we have grain offerings. And this is the burning of some nice smelling grains and frankincense as thanksgiving to the Lord. Those are the, um, the grain offerings are second of three voluntary offerings and a way to worship them. So the, this is the completely voluntary. You don't have to do it, but people were doing it anyway in attempt to make things right before God. Well, that was the burnt. The grain is just a way to worship God. To so, worship yeah, God, yeah. yeah. So the first one was to make things right before God. The second one was to worship God. Right, there were there were uh, sacrifices to, like to say thank you or for worship, and there were sacrifices yep. to, to atone. atone. Yes. yes, exactly. It's like saying sorry. The first basically. one was, the exactly. burnt ones was for, the burnt offerings was for atonement. The grain offerings was for worship. Yes. And then we have the peace offerings. And, and this is sort of a mixture between bird offerings and grain offerings. And this is when they would sacrifice animals and also burn parts used for food on animal as a sweet aroma. And in this case, this was a third of three voluntary offerings and a way to thank God for his gracious relationship with the individual. It's mm. um, good stuff. Bible dingers. Um, next, we have sin offerings. And in this, uh, we see in chapters four, uh, chapter 4, um, and it's a killing and burning of an animal or flower in order to atone for unintentional sins. So you want to you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? What are unintentional sins? So Ryan? that's like things that you didn't purposely do. So like you didn't go to the store and purposely steal a loaf of bread. It's like if, you know, you bumped into you bumped into the aisle and it fell into your cart and you accidentally walked out with it or something like that. You still stole from the place, but it was an accident. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Or like if you accidentally, you know, or a perfect one is a car accident. Like if you accidentally killed somebody in a car accident, you didn't mm. mean to. It was an accident, but you still killed somebody. They yeah, yeah. So cars back then. Yeah. Well, they had they had camel accidents. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, probably. And they were. Yeah, you can see pictures on Google of camel is that those accidents. Those humps or the airbags. <laughs> 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 They're like the seatbelts. Um, but yeah, that's that's the idea of the sin offering. It's unintentional yeah. stuff that you still need forgiveness. So in for. th- this particular offering, this particular. Yeah, this particular sin offering was a requirement. Right. Um, they had to do this. Um, and the next one was a trespass offering, and we see that in chapters in chapter five. I don't know why I keep saying that. I thought the high priest accounted for the un- unintentional sins. Yeah, we're gonna get in. that's the that's next section. But yeah, this it's is both. So this section that Nick's going through right now is kind of like sacrifices and laws for like regular people, uh-huh. not Levites. Um, and this is kind of their instructions on how to do that. The next section talks about priests and how they need to be uh-huh. sacrificing for the people. Okay, so then the next one and final one that I mentioned before, before we get into the laws for priesthood, is trespass offerings in chapter 5. And this is the killing and burning of an animal or flower to atone for sins that also require restitution. This is required, and you have to pay back who you wronged. Yeah, so if you stole somebody's camel... 
going back to the camels. Mm. You have to do the trespass offering, and then you also have to go Repay give that person another camel. Their camel, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's like I said. That's kind of like the laws, and and it lays out how to do it. It's like a how-to for regular people who commit these sins or commit unintentional sins or whatever, or they want to worship God. That's like the how-to. Then the next section is chapter six and seven, and that's kind of talking more to the Levites, the priests. And it goes over the same exact offerings in the same exact order, but it's just saying, okay, you're the priest. So when somebody brings you a bull to kill for a burnt offering, this is what you need to do with that bull. So it's really just rehashing the same the same sacrifices, but from a different perspective, from the priest's perspective mm. and what they need to do. Um, so I'm just, I'm not going to hit on that too much. Um, and that leads us into the second major portion of Leviticus, which is the introduction to the priesthood. Um, and that's chapter eight through chapter 10. And that covers the ordaining of Aaron and his sons who were, you know, the first priests who were working in the tabernacle. Uh, and that's all of chapter eight. Then chapter nine is the first sacrifices that those new priests made chapter 10 is what you were talking about, which is the execution of Nadab and Abihu, which are great names, by the way, <coughs> How you doing? I was talking about that. Yeah. Remember you were talking about how God killed. Oh, uh, those, the, that's the two guys. Yeah. yeah. Nadab and Abihu. Oh, with names like that. They deserve Abihu. <laughs> nice. Abihu. <laughs> that's in chapter 10. And y- you know, that like you were saying, that kind of seems kind of intense sometimes. Um, well, God is intense. Uh, yeah, he's inside of tents. That's that, true. That, that kind of seems intense sometimes. As uh, Oh, Nick, you hit me with the hand motion? Yeah. Anyways, but this is like, it's it's crazy that these two guys, it was like right after God laid out the laws. He laid out the laws and rituals for the Levites. Then they got ordained. Then like immediately after... These two guys like went rogue and they didn't follow the laws. They didn't follow the rituals and God kind of like reaffirmed his holiness by, by executing these two uh, for what they did. And it was like directly after. So like we said before, the kind of the purpose of Leviticus is God's holiness and our sin in relation to that. So God was kind of like reaffirming, Hey, I'm, I am God. <laughs> like, you know, we get emotional about these kind of topics, but he is God and he does what he pleases, and he was kind of reaffirming that in chapter 10. So that's the second major section of Leviticus, is the introduction to the priesthood. Um, the third major section is the rituals for uncleanness. And like I said before, there's like some small controversies around some of these particular uh, things that are called unclean is, is where we see the controversy, not necessarily the rituals that followed the the uncleanness or the thing that made them unclean, but the uncleanness themselves, such as um, in chapter 12, it talks about uncleanness after childbirth and like the ritual was longer for women if they had a daughter instead of a son. So you had to, you had to go and be cleansed for say, I, I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but say for like a week, if you had a son, you had to go be cleansed. You had to get clean, whatever, and then you could come back to the camp. Does it say how to get cleansed? Yeah, yeah, and you can read Leviticus. I'm not really going to go into the details about the cleansing. 
Um, but it's basically like you just go and be by yourself for a while, whatever. Hmm. Um, you sober up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, anyways, the the amount of time is longer if you have a daughter, though. And some people see that as a controversy. It's like, oh, why is why do you have to be cleansed for for longer if you're having a girl? Hmm. You know, it seems like sexist or whatever. There's also like um, in chapter fifteen, it talks about cleansing after discharges so like women who have their periods or whatever and it's not just talking about that there's other discharges that it talks about but people a lot of people there's controversy over these rituals in leviticus because of sexism and so on and so forth and i don't don't really want to hit that too much today because that's a whole other topic i feel like but we'll either do an episode or a blog on this i promise we say Mm. that a lot but i promise yeah we will actually do Something on this on this uh, content. Yeah, we'll on. definitely get around to it because, like, sexism is definitely something that people bring up all the time. It's a big so topic now. We have to talk so about it. So we'll get to it. But anyways, yeah, so this is the next section, Rituals for Uncleanness, and that's chapters 11 to 16. And a basic answer to all that and kind of the purpose of this section is that Israel was supposed to be kind of a picture of holiness and cleanness and was supposed to be set apart from other nations. Um, and that's kind of what we hit on before as the purpose behind Leviticus and why God was writing it to Israel. So yeah, so just real quick listing off the unclean things that needed to be cleansed. There was just kind of a list of unclean animals that they shouldn't eat or really have contact with mm-hmm. in chapter 11. Then there was the childbirth rituals that I was that I was talking about earlier. That's chapter 12. There's unclean diseases in chapter 13 um and that's where you see in the new testament where people who had like leprosy and stuff were placed outside of the camp they get that from Hmm. chapter 13 of leviticus chapter 14 was the cleansing of those diseases 15 was discharges like i said earlier and there's a couple different there it's not just menstrual and then 16 is purification of the tabernacle from uncleanness so that was more for the levites um pigs are on that list right yes pigs and there's like certain shellfish and stuff like that for the unclean animals and then the last major section of leviticus is like the practical holiness laws for the jewish nation this isn't like rituals or cleansings or sacrifices this isn't like a prescription of what they need to do Mm. um in case they sinned which is the the majority of the first part of the book this is more like th- this is like, is like these sins oh. that that you need to atone for. You you see what I'm saying? So like the first part of the book is like the resolution of what you need to do if you sin. Uh what you what the cleansing that you need to do. This section which is chapter 17 through 27 is more like the things that you did that lead to the sacrifice, that lead to the cleansing. You see what I'm saying? These are the sins that you can commit in order to do the first part of the book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's chapter 17 through 27. Um, and I'm just going to list them off. There's uh, laws about sacrifice and food in, in chapter 17. There's laws about sex in chapter 18. There's laws about loving your neighbor in chapter 19. There's the punishment for like quote unquote capital crimes in chapter 20 and that's crimes that you commit that are worthy of death. There's instructions for priests in chapters 21 and 22. There's laws about religious festivals. 
in chapter 23. Uh, there's laws about the tabernacle in chapter 24. Then there's like a quick like narrative. There's a, there there's a quick dip into narrative as opposed to law giving, and they tell a story of blasphemy. Um, and I'm not gonna get into that. And then chapter 25, there's more laws about sabbatical and jubilee years. Chapter 26 is a really important and pivotal chapter, and you also see this mirrored in Deuteronomy, and we'll talk about this in the Deuteronomy episode. It's the blessings and cursings chapter. Um, and this just says, basically, if you follow my laws, you'll be blessed. If you break my laws, you'll be cursed. Mm. And this is kind of the precursor to Israel's entire history, because we see them going through this cycle constantly of worshiping God and being a, a people after God and receiving blessings and their land is, you know, expanding and so on and so forth. And then we also see a, a cycle after that, they cycle into straying away from God and we see cursings and we see them going into exile and, and being oppressed and so on and so Don't forth. We all right. <coughs> Don't we all go through that sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. We can all relate to that for sure. So again, this is like one of the reasons why we should be reading Leviticus is not because I mean, all of these things are definitely relevant, but it's also applicable. Right. It's also uh, relatable. Yeah, you know? it gives you a look yeah. into the human heart, I think. Absolutely. Um, and then the last chapter of Leviticus is just laws about vows and tithing. Um, and that's that's Leviticus. All right, and we're going to move on to numbers in a few minutes. Um, but before we do that... Breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. We need to break it up with a little bit of fun. Thank you, Lord. Every time you study scripture, thank you, Lord. Just take a moment to sit back and take play. a rest and play, and play some games. <laughs> and play real news or fake news. All right. <laughs> and, and play real news or fake news. And you could do it amongst yourself. Amongst is, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you ask yourself if this is real or fake, and then you answer. So uh, you guys know Amy Schumer? Yeah, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> what about what her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Schumes. The shooms, yeah. unfortunately. I know the shooms. Unfortunately. Yeah, so, is this going to be appropriate? It's she, definitely going to be appropriate. She actually <coughs> dated, and if anybody looks this up, you're going to judge me and never listen to me again. But she dated like my favorite comedian. He still is my favorite comedian, but he doesn't listen to him anymore since he's turned. Oh, I do. His life to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a s- it's a deep, dark, secret sin that this guy's. You have favorite. to sacrifice pigeons oh every time. Oh no! Listen to that guy. I think I think it's time to do some sacrifices, bro. All right. Anyway, are you ready for this, guys? Yes. I say that every time. We get. We need T-shirts to say, "Are you ready for this?" Uh mm-hmm. wait. No, I'm not ready. Is it T-shirt time? Hey yo, you didn't hit us with that today. What's up with that? I, I gotta hit save it. it. I hit us with it. Save it for the oh! right time. I just bricked that soda bottle. <laughs> Yeah, good audio, thanks. Anyway, you ready for this, guys? Uh, yeah. Braveheart. To get all-female reboot, starring Amy Schumer. <laughs> yes, that is real. News. Well, they already did uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters, right? Yes. I Braveheart. guarantee that's real news. I guarantee it. Do you? That's that actually, well, that's she's not. a comedian, though. Braveheart's a really serious movie. Yeah, but that's exactly they gotta the reason push why she could be in that. They got to push the female power stuff. And Do you think it's gonna be like a parody though? And she's pretty, you know, she's pretty well known. So to get a well known actress, mm, but the fact that she's a comedian, 
It's like, I don't know. You it, know, Jim uh, Carrey did it, a couple of those, I guess. It sounds real. It sounds very 2019 social Talking justice. Talking about Jim Carrey, have you guys seen his latest stuff? No, but no. I heard he's a weirdo now. No, I mean, he's got some serious, like, Isn't deep he? stuff on YouTube. Like, I don't, it's not really known anymore, but he does in a lot of short films, a lot of weird, like, wordless films, like a 10 minute long short film without words in it. Huh. Kind of. Um, but, but I know he, like, grew this whole beard and, like, went on this wisdom journey, right? Yeah. He's yeah. Super wise and now. and in the, with that yeah. big, big, big beard, <laughs> he played, like, this homeless guy in the middle of a desert. And it kind of intrigued me a little bit. I started watching it, but they never spoke. It, there was no words throughout the whole 10 minutes. Um, but there's Jim Carrey. But we're talking about Amy Schumer I starring say, in I the all-female. Fake. fake. Oh, that's so real. It's got to be real. All right, who do I respond to? Because now it's two separate. Both. How, so how do I hit both sound bites? With your, you have, do you have one finger or do you have more than one? No, he he broke that one finger, right? Oh, so you only have nine fingers, <laughs> so you can only hit nine sound bites at once. I yeah, guess. Yeah, no, I could definitely hit ten because my finger's fine. Thanks. Oh. But um, <laughs> we're gonna hit it with. We we'll hit you with both sound bites. Right and wrong. It's totally fake news. What? Uh, <laughs> it's totally fake news. Actually, I'm glad. I, I do it. I made it up. Ooh, I, really? It's because she's a comedian. Yeah. It's just like, it didn't jive. You got me, Nick. I was going to say Liam ne- Liam Neeson. 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 Yeah. I was going to say Liam Neeson, but I was like, you know what? I'll just make it a little bit funnier. Uh, uh, and there's some other stuff on Babylon B that kind of. Mm. Use oh, okay. Now inspired. I see. So yeah, you so it's plagiarized and plagiarized from <laughs> Babylon. <laughs> Anyways, let's but we had some fun, and no, I hope you it guys did that too. Fun. It was totally it was kind of fun. I would, I, I would like to watch that. I guess Braveheart with all no. female. You would maybe not with Amy Schumer, but I'd no, no, but just in general, Braveheart all female. So when they go down cool. to the river, you think like the male would be like the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have, I haven't watched Braveheart in many years, so okay. you're gonna have to remind so you know me. About? No, let's not. It's uh it's yeah. an action pack film, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So and it makes me cry every time I watch it. Really? Freedom. I've never seen it. Are you serious? I haven't watched it in many years. I just thought it was gonna stump you guys. Boo! Boo! Poopy on you. What? Oh, dang it. Poopy on you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's jump into numbers. Anyways, yeah, let's let's jump into that. Why study numbers? Right? Why? 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 Uh Census. Beginning of the book. Census. Sensei. <laughs> why? Um I don't know where we're going. Anyways, but no, that's why it's called numbers. But okay. why study it? Oh, I don't know. Why, why study are we studying it? numbers? Um it's it's Ryan likes numbers. Oh, that's true. Low. That's Low. true. So an, it's another frequently glossed over book that is actually that. pretty theological. Hmm. It covers the 38 years where Israel is just wandering and wandering the wilderness because of their unbelief. It breaks up into two distinct sections. The section of the curse on the older generation and the section covering the blessing on the younger generation. Um. It you know it's also applicable. It's relatable, just like Leviticus in many ways. How many times do we fall into unbelief when we're in so-called a spiritual desert, 
and we don't feel God. Hmm. Um, so this is this is actually it's a cool story to read, but it it, it is a tough read. Um, so I hope again you're reading your Bibles while we're outlining this book, but remember that it's just not complicated to read. It's also it's it's applicable. Um, and a big question is. Who wrote it? This is the biggest <laughs> oh, question of them all, right? Who done it? We haven't talked um, about this over and over and over again. <laughs> so this is a huge question. Uh, Jesus. Who done it? So Jesus definitely didn't write it, but um, Moses did. Moses. <laughs> or J-E-D-P. Hold on, no, um, but Numbers, there's an important point about Numbers. Yes, there is. It definitely is. So Numbers oh, wait, is one of the most... What is it? This is the one where the book where Moses dies. No, that's no, Deuteronomy. That's Deuteronomy. Oh, okay. um, Good guess, though. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost there. No. All right. Um, so, Numbers is one of the stronger cases. It's actually very controversial as to whether or not Moses wrote it. Um, and it's, it's a stronger case against Mosaic authorship because we count about 14 different writing styles. And there isn't much... Th- munch. Munch. <laughs> there, mm, and there isn't much mentioned... <laughs> Of mosaic authorship besides the last verse. Uh, so this is definitely one of the cases where JEDP would come into play and say, how can one author write 14 different ways? Yeah. So it's definitely something to be considered uh, again, but we can't go off the Bible and assume that it's it's um, errant, which means with error. Oh, I, thought error, you error. I thought you said Aaron, his brother. Oh, no. I said errant. Well, one thing to note, though, is that the the events going on in numbers like heavily are, are revolve around Moses. Yeah. So like this person, if it wasn't Moses really knows Moses. Moses. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Moses, but if, if it wasn't, they were in direct contact with him anyway. Yeah. And now we move on. We know, we know why we should study it. We know who wrote it or we at least can believe who wrote it. And now we, we have to discuss the date it was written. The last verse says, there are commands and regulations given to Moses on the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. This, as well as the events it covers, implies that Moses wrote this right before Israel entered the promised land. Um, so that would place the writing of Numbers around 1406 B.C., which is also the year that Moses died. So this was written right before Moses' death. Aww. Oof. That's sad. Rip. It is it sad. I wish like I had a sadder soundbite. That, w- that didn't do it justice. Yeah, so. for sure. You know, you kind of get, like, attached to people in the Bible. The, the, yeah, like. so totally. It, it almost yeah. really is. Like, especially when you're reading through a book from start to finish or whatever, it's, like, sad when they yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you it know is. it's coming, but <laughs> it's, like, yeah. sad because you get attached to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so let's get into um, the title of Numbers. Why did they name it that? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Nick. Oof. One that I will answer. I'm so glad you asked. Immediately. Immediately. Um, so the original Hebrew name, going along with the theme of the Pentateuch, is In the Desert Of, which is a great name for a book, In yeah. the Desert Of. That's awesome. It's like three... It would be better if it was... Dessert. Prepositions and in the dessert of, <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um. Anyways, it's the, based on the uh, huh? With <laughs> the, the Levitical desserts that were pure. Mm. Mm. So Delicious. it couldn't have any bacon on it. 
Yes. Have you had the bacon Sunday? I'm not going no. down that road, Joe. Wait, wait. So do you, so? Do you guys know that Five Guys has a bacon ice cream shake? Ew. No, but I had one from Denny's though. Bacon? I'm not no. proud of that. How is it? It's awful. It must be it's, gross. No, yeah, it's exactly how it sounds. It's like <laughs> ice cream with bacon and maple syrup. Ew. And people were talking about how much they like it and stuff. I was like, well, I guess I'll try it. And it was like awful. Like yeah, exactly Five what Guys I thought. Five Guys has a bacon one, and I saw it yesterday. Yeah. And it just, ugh. Yeah, it's B- sick. Bacon juice. Mm. Mm. Who be drinking that? Mm. Who be drinking that? Mm. Do you hit us up if you be drinking that? Yeah, if you're drinking that, hit us up at BibleDingers at gmail dot com. There's a drop. Hey, anyway, drink that. Bible Dingers. <laughs> hey, you don't say that. So the original Hebrew name is in the desert of, which is based on the fifth Hebrew word of the book. The English name, as many other English names comes from the Septuagint, which uses the Greek word for numbers. Hmm. This is because of the many statistics and figures in the book. So I think the purpose of numbers is to give spiritual lessons about obedience to the Jewish people using their own history. Hmm. And so like, you know, like I was saying in Intro to Old Testament and like we say in every episode almost, you have to understand the context and who wrote it and who it was written to. So this was not necessarily written to Ryan in New Jersey or Nick in New Jersey or Mark in New Jersey. No. Mm. This was written by Moses to the Jewish people originally. Oh, so it doesn't matter for me. <laughs> well, it does matter to you because oh. you can take the lessons and you can take uh, things you learn about God and humanity out of a book like Numbers and apply it to your own life. Mm. Um, mm, that's reaching. <laughs> I guess I don't so. have time for that. <laughs> I, I guess so. Well, it's pretty important, I suppose. Oh, it's a pretty double ding. Yeah, it's double ding. <laughs> it's it's important. Um, the book of Numbers is not in size wise. It's not short, but theme wise, it's kind of short. There's only really two major sections. There's the older generation in the wilderness, and that's chapter one through chapter twenty five. And then there's the younger genera- generation. Generation. <laughs> oh, you're so cute, Ryan. It's the younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> In Moab. Um, and that's chapters 26 through 36. But let's jump into the older generation of the wilderness real quick. That can also be split up into two major sections. The first one is Israel's obedience surrounding the tabernacle so the setting up of it and the and following the laws and stuff like that and that's chapters 1 to 10 mm. and then there's Israel's disobedience and that's chapters 11 to 25 and this is all in the wilderness this is all happening in the wilderness um and one thing i guess which is important to mention numbers isn't so much like leviticus uh which is laying out a bunch of laws numbers is a lot more historical narrative so mm. this is more like a chapter book that you're reading the events that happened it's like exodus Right. So, yeah, so Israel's disobedience is from chapters 11 through 25. And that starts with Israel complaining in chapter 11 and 12. And then Israel, like, kind of rebelled, you could say, in chapters 13 through 19. Then, believe it or not, there's Moses and Aaron's rebellion in chapter 20, followed by more complaining. In chapter 21, 22. Moses goes into like a moody fit or something. Yeah. He's always throwing moody fits, dude. Yeah. Um, 
And then there's kind of a cut away from Israel's disobedience in this section, which I love. Um, and that is the blessing of Israel by Balaam. And that's chapters 22 through 24. And this is kind of uh, one of the crazier stories in the Bible. And it talks about um, this prophet who's not, I wouldn't call him a prophet. He's like a uh, an oracle, I guess you could say, that was called by another nation to go curse Israel hmm. because this other nation saw how much uh, Israel was prospering and they were getting scared of Israel, so on and so forth. Yeah, didn't the king of Moab hire Baal or something? I don't remember who exactly it was. Um, but anyways, Balaam was on his way to go curse Israel, and then God sent an angel down um, that only the donkey could see. Balaam could not see it. Was it Balaam or was it Balak? Balak hired him. That was the name of the guy, Balak or Balak or something like that. Mm. It's starting to come back to me. Um, anyways, so the donkey saw this angel of the Lord in the middle of the road, and Balaam didn't. And so the donkey started trying to get around the angel of the Lord and ended up crushing Balaam's foot on the wall or whatever that was that was uh, lining the road. And so Balaam got off the donkey, and he was about to beat the crap out of the donkey for crushing his foot. Um, and then the donkey's like, yo, <laughs> bro, do you not see this angel? So, yeah, in this story, a donkey can talk. Um, and he talks to his owner and says, why, why do you beat me or something like that? I forget. Yeah. There's a squirrel in the window. <laughs> yo, you, yo, we're getting it. You got something to say? <laughs> what, what did the squirrel you, do? Are you going to tell us something right now? <laughs> Where is it? Uh, it, it left? Yeah. It came and attacked us for a second. And then Actually, I have a question. Uh, if Moses wrote this, how do we have this story about uh, Balaam? Well, that's a good question. And I guess you could say because it was. In, so the Bible was inspired by God. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that God told the writers what to write. And we kind of see the writer's personalities in the writing uh, and we see their personal experiences and the way they talk and the way they act and stuff. Um, but God ultimately told them what you need to write down. So mm. God was speaking to Moses and causing him to write down this story. And this is something that I've heard too. Um, like how did Moses write creation and all this stuff, yeah. other stuff. So there were also people who wrote things down along the way. This is, I mean, this is, I don't know how conservative it is, but like as people were living these things, they were writing things down. And as they, as they wrote them down, they also passed them on. So there's also this belief that Moses had like all these writings from people who also, um, who also lived it. So he referenced back to like historical books, you know, like kind of, kind of like how we have today. Like we have so many historical books, like especially at schools and stuff like that, that we could reference to. Some people believe that Moses had some written stuff from people who lived in it that he referenced to, along with, of course, help of the Holy Spirit and inspiration from God. He had his works cited list. He kind of did. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's some beliefs on that as well. Um, anyways, getting back into the story. Um, so Balaam ended up seeing the angel of the Lord in the road and God told him, Hey, instead of cursing Israel, why don't you go bless them? So Balaam goes and he blesses Israel and that's the end of that. And I think that's kind of crazy because it's like, this is in the middle of the chapter, not chapter. This is in the middle of section, which is like 12 or 13 chapters of just 
disobedience on disobedience on disobedience by the Israelites. And in the middle of all this, God stops this guy and, and is like, go bless my people. Go bless my people who have been disobeying me for years and years and years out here in this wilderness. Don't curse them. And anyways, that's that's just kind of a, a picture of God's grace. Hmm. And, and that's kind of something that we can pull out of numbers. Just a, just a quick little thing that we can uh, apply to our life and see um, about the character of God and see who he is. So the last section is Israel's worship of Baal. <laughs> which so they follow up God telling this guy to bless them and he does bless them. They follow that up with worshiping By Baal worshiping in chapter 25. <laughs> and we do that too. You know, we do that, you know, I guess, yeah. we look back on Israel, yeah. but we do stuff like this too. God blesses us and then we go, you know, worship our idol or whatever. Um, I was kind of talking about this with a friend. Yeah. Where he's like, man, the Israelites are idiots. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, sometimes we are idiots as well. We forget yeah. that we're more like the Israelites than we are. Yeah. So yeah, that's the first section of numbers, the older generation in the wilderness. Then the section section, the second section of numbers is the younger generation in Moab, and that's chapters 26 through 36. Um and then that's just three three quick little sections. Mm. There's the preparation for conquest of the promised land, and that's in chapters 26 through 32. Then there's like a summary of the wilderness wanderings, and that's uh the beginning of chapter 33. And then lastly, closing up the book, there's the anticipation of conquest of the promised land. And that's the end of chapter 33 all the way through chapter 36. So um, numbers closes by them getting ready to go into the promised land, the younger gotcha, generation. Gotcha. And that's the book of numbers. Yeah. So we got through, we got through Le- Leviticus and numbers. Yes. Our next episode will be on Deuteronomy. Yes. Which is a great book. Yeah, by we, the way. we really hope that you're uh, you're following along episode by episode, reading your Bible from Genesis on, and you're following along with us. Um, but while you're at it, check us out on social media at Bible Dingers on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, while you're there. <laughs> you think there's ever going to be a day that we don't use there's it? There's <laughs> never going to be a day that we don't use it because it's so out of tune, but so amazing at yeah. the same time. Yeah, for sure. We really want you to get on there. Don't pass and scroll. Hit that like. Hit that follow. Hit that subscribe. Mm. Get on your iTunes. Get on your podcast players. Get on uh, BibleDingers.com. Spotify. BibleDingers.com. Stitcher. YouTube. Anywhere. If you have a weird verse that you would like help with, hit us up at BibleDingers at gmail.com. Love you guys. Ding on. Dinger.